We are live. Great to have you guys with us here on the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Neil D'Souza, and we've got a special guest with us today, uh, a good friend of mine, and he has been in finance for over 12 years. He's a, you, you know, I like to call him the money man. He's got a background with uh, with traditional lending in the banks, but he is, what would I say about him? He, he's got, he's well-versed when it comes to capital preservation and uh, when it comes to investing in real estate and I'm sure much, much more. But our guest today has some very unique perspective, uh, a very unique perspective when it comes to, uh, you know, life and how we get to where we are. And uh, with with lots of interesting, interesting uh, stories along the way. And I want to introduce to you today, Michael Yosher. Michael, good to have you on. Thanks for having me on, Neil. Happy to be here. That's great. Okay, so so Michael, let, let's just get into it. Why don't you fill us in a little bit about, you know, your background? You know, I call you the money man, but, uh, you know, you're, you're so much more, obviously, a husband and father as well. But uh, give us just a little bit of background on you uh, as we get into our our interview today. Sure, sure. I mean, you mentioned there has been twelve years in finance, but uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't always finance that uh, that I was after. And I've taken kind of a, a roundabout uh, tour, so to speak, to figure out where I fit in and, and what I want to do with myself. I mean, uh, and I'll kind of start at the beginning to give you a more, I guess, holistic you know background. But uh, I went to university, and I was going to be a, a, a CA, a chartered accountant. Right. And so I was all excited, like, yeah, like, let's go, let's do this. And then luckily I got to do co-op and I got to try it out and actually sink my teeth into the work and found that it really wasn't for me. I, I didn't really enjoy it, mm -hmm. you know. And so at the time, my university had a strike going and I did what any self-respecting university student would do. I took my OSAP money and I went traveling. Right. And so I, I took a trip around and I went to Thailand and India and explored and you know, did all kinds of, you know, fun things that uh, probably I wouldn't share necessarily in this podcast. Um, <laughs> Wait, know. how how old were you at the time? Uh, I, was just, I was about 20, yeah. 19, Yeah, 20 in your early 20s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was early. This was uh, long yeah. before, you know, becoming a father and uh, yeah. married and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, got um, it. Yeah, but, you know, coming back, I mean, I just, I really wanted to become independent and, and be mm -hmm. financially independent. That was always very important to me, and that was always the driving force for myself. Uh, and on the path, I mean, tried different things. I mean, to, from uh, running a, a restaurant to uh, to try to build a, a commercial, you know, bakery um, and, you know, and having failed miserably at both, actually. Um, although on the outside, it seemed like a great success. Um, and then, you know, tried different things in terms of sales from, you know, door knocking to different positions and, you know, being sales managers and, and all kinds of stuff that really uh, got me out of my comfort zone. You know, my yeah. driving force has always been do things that make me uncomfortable because that is where I grow and that is where I learn new things. And that is where I yeah. discover how much I can actually stretch and how high I can reach, so to speak. Um, wow. And then I landed in finance and it was really, yeah, I mean, I, I was sort of initially started with a direction to finance um, mm -hmm. and I didn't really want to get into it. It was just sort of a, like a, a default. I said, mm, let's give this a shot. Right. 
and, and, it, and it took me a, a little bit to actually uh, get comfortable with with what I'm doing, truly enjoy it, and just harness it, right? And to to the point now where you know people come to me with uh, pretty serious stuff, for lack of a better you know yeah. better technical term in terms of their finances, uh, how to manage their money, how to invest, how to make steady returns, uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So, a lot, a lot right there. So what, why don't we just, all right. So now you're, you're into finance. You've been in finance for a while. You, you did corporate, you learned mm -hmm. a lot of policies and procedures in corporate. And, um, and I know that you've got a family and maybe we can come back to that, but because you, you kind of started out with, with, uh, your journey and traveling around, can you can you just tell us a little bit about what that was like and and the thought process behind you know uh going from accounting to i don't know hey how did it come to being a good idea to taking your loan money and <laughs> traveling well I, I think taking my loan money and traveling was just me being irresponsible you know to be frank okay. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, how'd I go from, uh, accounting to my first venture, which was trying to, which was running a restaurant was, that was basically the, the simplest thing that I could, that I could think of, uh, in order to become independent. I mean, I, I knew I yeah. didn't like the, the corporate environment and, you know, wanted to, to become independent. And once I took that trip and came back, I said, okay, what's next? And uh, at the time, the, the banks were very friendly with their credit. And obviously, uh, I, I learned the credit system quite well um, in those times. And I was able to, you know, to open up a restaurant. And we opened up one in the nightclub district. So being a 21-year-old okay. you know, who's you know, basically seeing everybody you know, visit you after they've been out partying all night was, was kind of fun. You know? So yeah. it, was a, it was a fun business. And... Uh, it, it made some money, uh, but ultimately, uh, there was a lot of mistakes made just due to the fact that I, I was just wasn't experienced. I, I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to expand. Um, I didn't know how to spend money wisely and so on. So let me ask. So how how did you come to the idea of starting a restaurant? I mean, you just went from traveling around the world right. to come back to uh, let me start a business? Sure. Well, the, the driving force to and really then and then on top work. of that, let me start a restaurant. Right. So the trip was more of a let me try to clear my head, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. figure out what I want to do. Um, yeah. It, it really came from a, a a choice of I I you know when you're young you th you know the ego is a big driving force and and I realized that I just I want to be independent. I don't want to be dependent on anybody, right? So the thought process was you know, what's the simplest thing that I know how to do right now? And uh, myself and a very good friend of mine decided to to open up this restaurant. It was just more of a kind of a, a, a natural sporadic uh, idea that just seemed like, you know, there was a good location that came up and we just looked at it and says, hey, why not? Yeah. And, and, and there really was, you know, nothing more, um, you know, there, there wasn't much more thought put into it than that. You know, it was just, hey, it's a good location. Let's jump, right? Uh, yeah. looking back, would I made a different choice? Maybe, maybe not, but yeah. the, the lessons learned along the way were absolutely priceless, right? But the yeah. driving force was always become financially independent and do something where I'm not dependent on anyone else. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, as I 
got into the business, I learned there is no such thing as in the true independence. There is an interdependence because okay, you're dependent on your employees, your suppliers, surrounding businesses, how uh, how clients are funneled to your business. So there is always there is always an interdependence at play, right? And, and it took a few years for me to really you know clue into that that you know my desire to just you know I don't want to be held back by anybody. I can do it all on my own. Yeah. It's the truth of it is that you're always going to be uh, working in a in a collaborative fashion, whether you like it or not. Even if you're in a deserted island, you're going to be yeah. dependent on the weather. You know, or on the fish that feel like swimming by your your beach where you're fishing, right? So, yeah, uh, it was it was quite a good lesson, I must say. And and so, did you know that as part of your financial journey uh, after clearing your head, did you know that business was the way rather than going to get a job? Because I really feel like mm. most people at that point you you're just going to look to when you're young, you're going to just go get a job. What what made you go that way? Um, I think a large part of that to do with the fact that I was an immigrant and I was surrounded by immigrants who were not uh, necessarily uh, highly educated in the Canadian system. They may be educated mm. in other countries, um, yeah. but I've seen quite a few of them succeed and, and succeed uh, to, to quite a, a higher degree and level. Um, so there was that. Uh, and and there was also the fact that being in a corporate environment, I was always the guy that walked up to people and said, "Hey, so tell me, like, what do you do all day? Like, yeah. I know what your job title is, but like, like, take." But me wait, hang on, hang on. The, cor- the corporate environment didn't come till later. Well, no. When I was in school, I got to do co-op, right? Oh, and, and that, that's why I dropped out of accounting, you know, because. Yeah. Uh, I got to actually sink my teeth into the work. And so, and I got to talk to people in the field and I just asked them, so what do you do? Right. Um, And then when I figured out how long it would take to, you know, to make that climb and so on, um, I I just kind of said, well, maybe this is not the environment for me. And that's not to say that's the right path for everybody Mm because there is a great deal of responsibility that an individual must take on when they are, leaving the the path of say the the corporate job and and there's there's a lot of wonderful wonderful corporate jobs out there mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's a lot of different types of work that appeal to different people that you know maybe a fit just it just wasn't for me that's all yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think I just wanted to challenge myself and, and just to yeah. see where where I'd end up yeah wow I because I'm what I'm hearing from you is that uh, you know you saw what was available to you if you continued down that road. And it was really, it really moved you to go, I think I'd rather take the risk and, That's and right. uh, you know, get into a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, it was, it's clear I, I, that yeah. the work didn't scare you. Right. I ultimately wanted to be able to stare in the mirror and, you know, and say, hey, if you made it, you know, good work. And hey, if you didn't make it, well, it's because of you too, right? But at least I know who to look at, right? Or, or, or who to wow. point if it didn't work. So um, that's that. That's the choice I made. And man, yeah. there were tough days, I'll tell you. There were tough yeah. days. Yeah. Um, so if you were speaking to your 18-year-old or 20-year-old self, mm-hmm. um, 
now, would you still advise them to make that flip and uh, jump into the restaurant? Or would you just tell them, hey, finish out your school and, and carry on? You'll figure this out. Interesting question. And, and I can only reply to that question is what I would say to myself, knowing what I know today. Um, yeah. And I would say, stay in school, get your damn degree, get your yeah. CA and get those letters. Because yeah. doing what I do today, I probably could have raised 10 times the money, you know, earlier having that mm -hmm. credential behind my name. Right. Yeah. But but it took me that path to really understand that it's uh, it, there's two components to it. There is the independent entrepreneurial spirit that's required. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there is also the 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 technical side of the you know of the work that's required in order to um, attract the the people, the capital and the opportunities to yourself. And, okay. and, and had I become the same person, gained the same skill level, had I stuck in the corporate role or had I stuck in the, the educational path? I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But that's just that's just yeah. me, you know, reflecting on, you know, what if this or what if that? And yeah. Yeah. Seeing that you came back around and got got into finance anyways, you can right. see the value right. that you would have gotten had you stayed. Um, I, sure. I see that. And um, and what is, if you could tell us a little bit now about I mean, you we talked a little bit about capital preservation and stuff like that. But can you help us understand a little bit more of what you do now in terms of raising capital and sure. you know, for the audience? Yeah, sure. So there's a couple of things I do. I mean, so I raise capital for uh, real estate projects or for real estate investments or so investment want to pool their funds and they you know, want to purchase a, a multiplex property like a, mm -hmm. a triplex or a fourplex or, or something larger. Um, I've done land raises where it's a, a developer that's redeveloping land and we're, we're essentially, uh, you know, raising money for the development. Uh, and then I also invest money for cash flowing, uh, cash flowing, uh, debt, which is basically, uh, private mortgages, right? So investors okay. sometimes have half a million, a million, 10, $20 million to, to put out. And, uh, they know that I come across deals and they essentially trust me to send them, you know, the, the right deals. And uh, and I place their money for them as a uh, right. as a broker, right? Okay. Um, and uh, are you, are you now that you've come back around to this? And obviously, you enjoy it to a certain degree. Um, how how are you? What what are you kind of looking at with regards to that field now? What are you what are you working on and thinking? Hmm. I'd like to move in this direction. Is there something that uh, that you're you're changing or growing in this direction? Uh, well, I'm definitely looking to start my own fund, uh, yeah. uh, and it'll be mm. a, a a fund that essentially, uh, you know, it's it, it's not a, a special secret sauce of sorts, but it's basically a fund that uh, will produce predictable returns that'll be safe and preserve yeah. capital, but. When it comes to finance in general, one of the things that uh, I do want to put out there is essentially uh, more information, more education to people who want to hear it and people that are, are in need of it. Um, you know, the more and more I speak to the younger generation, uh, and especially the way the real estate market is today, I feel like because home ownership seems to be such a stretch sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
it, it's it's not even something that that they that they get engaged in or interested in and and i think okay. that that's super important for them to actually be aware of and sort of the analogy i draw is if you are a uh you know you don't have to be a doctor let's say or a nutritionist but you need to know a little bit about food because you're putting food into your body and mm -hmm. in, in the same manner you're going to have a roof over your head you're either going to pay someone else's mortgage off or you're going to pay your own so you okay. should understand and know how that works you know and if you're choosing yeah. not to go down that path then what does that mean for your lifestyle well if yeah. you're renting that's great so then how can you have your money work for you in order to produce some cash flow so that you can either invest it for later on or, or subsidize your your living you know or support mm -hmm. a family member or wherever the case may be but just to get financially educated and, and understand stuff so that it's not such a uh you know cloak and dagger you know situation where uh where i find a lot of people and like i i have clients right like, i have clients that are professionals like i'm talking you know guys that make like two three hundred thousand dollars a year and yeah. you know they're physicians and they're very great at their job per se but clueless yeah. when it comes to finance like absolutely yeah. clueless right um yeah. and so you know uh, I, and guys that, aren't they sorry they're guys too, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're usually guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because, and the, and the reason I, I I say that they're guys is because what you find is that mo most men, you know, when we start young and we get into we get into a frame of mind about something, and we can really focus in on that, and we can right. get really good at something, right? And it, it's and we ignore everything else. Right. Which is why sometimes you'll see some of the most successful men in the world have, meanwhile, their family life is falling apart or, right. uh, you know, their health is falling apart. These other aspects right. are being neglected. And so how many uh, athletes, great athletes have been out there, made millions and millions of dollars and only to lose it because of taxes or, you know, sure. an accountant. Right. Or, or poor accounts or poor money managers. Absolutely. Right. Right. And, and you touched up on something there because there is there is something that that unites, I think, you know, uh, your theme, which is finance, family and, and fitness. And, yeah. and that and that is the the balance between those three and the mm -hmm. the attention that should be given to every single one of those aspects and, and not overly focus on one. I think generally we as men, I can speak for myself, get very, very invested in our identity and who we are uh, by by what we do for work, how much money we make, and and the status that we can you know advertise to the world out there. And you know, lately, especially with with having kids, and and they're they're still young, and you know this because we've had lots of conversation about it. It's it's really changed my perspective on things, and it's it's made me aware that you know I'm a friggin' I used to be a friggin' workaholic, you know, and and I would prioritize things uh, in a in a horrible horrible manner, you know. I, I remember when I was doing my training, uh, one of the guys there was uh, was saying, uh, "Can we be Daddy's clients?" Right, and, and I and I because Daddy always picks up clients' calls, but you know has no time for the family. And I said, I never want to be that guy. Right, uh, and uh, but yeah. but I found myself in past, you know, before the kids, and and even a little bit, you know, 
uh, once they came on in the early days, I, I was being that guy. And so, um, yeah, it speaks to the balance that's needed between those those areas. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, very that that one actually hit home when you just mentioned about, um, you, you know, can I be one of daddy's clients? Because I can even say for myself, it's, uh, you know, trying to find that balance with time for work, time for the wife, mm -hmm. time for the mm -hmm. kids is, right. uh, is not one that, uh, that I've always done well at, uh, actually I've done terribly at it at times. And, um, you know, I, if I was to be honest and perhaps you could comment on this, I, I would say that, that the ego or the part of me that wanted to, to be exceptional at something, um, really took over and right. it wasn't that I didn't want to be good with, with the family or I didn't want to be good with fitness. It's just that I was so driven. I, I just yeah. found it, you know, I was focused on in, in this area. And so can you say something about that? Sure. I mean, as I agree with you, because obviously a lot of men do that. And mm -hmm. unfortunately our society applauds that. You know, mm -hmm. you have, you know, you have these movies about, you know, Titans like a Steve Jobs, for instance, as, as a character. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, attention rewards that are given to being that way. But mm -hmm. once once you actually attain a certain level of success uh, and or see it, uh, see it have a, a, a negative effect in other aspects of your life, like your family life. You know, all you have to do is just imagine, let's say my family's gone tomorrow and, and I'm not there anymore. You know, tell me how much your money's worth to you. Tell me how excited you are to, you know, to make the next deal or make the next pot of cash. Right. I, mm -hmm. um, I, I had a, a, a funny, sorry, I'm just digressing here a little bit. I had a funny in incident where I, I went to see an investor and, um, yeah. you know, like just lives in just a huge, huge house i mean like just like sprawling mansion like beyond anything that i don't think i would ever need right mm. and uh uh and he was just in a, in a bad spot with you know in terms of his personal life without getting into too many details and i gotta tell you i, I came home and, and and you know financial success and family success are not mutually exclusive you know yeah. Yeah. you want to have that mansion you want to have your private jet that's definitely all there and possible ain't nothing wrong with that but what happened to me was that I got home and I wanted to get on my knees and just thank my lucky stars and just be happy, you know, with, with my wife and my kids and the fact that everyone's well. And I was like, wow, I never took a moment to just say, you know, thank you, dear God, for blessing me in this way. And that this, you know, this part of my life is absolutely amazing, you know, mm -hmm. and and I. Uh, uh, and I will continue working on my vocation, continue working to become successful in, in the financial field. Um, but it does not define who I am. You know, it does not define uh, what I'm here for. And and I, I'm just conscious of if I'm on my deathbed, I don't think I will care if I made an extra deal or not. Right. But, right. you know, so. But how does that how does that change? How does that change? Because, you know there is a point there where that's all you can focus on. How did that change for you to go from, um, 
well, you were building restaurants, commercial kitchens, all that stuff. Sure. How did it change to, uh, you know, okay, I, I don't care if I get another deal. Sure. So, uh, firstly, part of it was I fell flat on my face and, and I failed. That was okay. That yeah. was a part of it. And then I, I got to see sort of who. Was, and you survived. And I survived. Yes. So, so yeah. I think there's probably a good lesson right there to say you can fail and you can survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and there's a whole nother tangent we can go on there for, you know, for, for hours and hours. But yeah. generally, it, you know, what happened is, is after post failure is that, you know, I saw who really was there for me uh, right. in terms of my family and, and how important that is to have as a base. Yeah. Um, uh, and secondly, the other thing that happened is that once I actually made a bunch of money, I remember I was traveling around the U.S. I ended up, uh, it was a project I was working on with a, um, a real estate company that was essentially selling uh, portfolios of real estate to different, you know, uh, investment clubs. And my job was basically figure out, figure out how, uh, figure out how the money works, you know, how, how to make, okay. the, how to structure the deal. And I mean, it was a very exciting time in my life. I was getting on planes like they were buses and, and it was, it was fantastic. And I remember uh, sitting there, I was actually working in, in Utah and I remember sitting there in a the hotel room one night and I was just thinking to myself like, wow, I just, you know, made more money in six months than I made, you know, and then I can pay off all the debt that I accumulated through my failures and, you know, over the last seven or eight years. And, and I just remember thinking to myself, okay, now what? Like I just, I felt empty that there was, right. there was nothing. And this is obviously, you know, pre having uh, my own family. Um, I, I just felt like what's next. This can't be it. There's, there's gotta be more. Right. Um, and so I, I, I think that's a constant um, check-in that I have with myself in terms of when I'm working and what I'm doing and whether I do well or I do, uh, or I, I fail at something I ask myself, I check in is this in line with who I want to be and what I want to be doing? Um, you know, what does this say about my direction in life and then so on. Right. So th there is always space for reflection uh, and, and to sometimes course correct slightly or, or change mm -hmm. direction if need be. Yeah. Um, wow. There's a lot there. Maybe I, should what, give you short, I, maybe I should give you a shorter answer so that you, we can just, uh, no, 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 very, no, that that's, that's really good. What, what, what I was thinking about was what you had me thinking about was the, um, you know, the show is leadership to wealth mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm kind of present to your, how you're leading yourself along the way, right? And how your leadership has grown. You went from a place where you were in school and and then you realized you needed to make some changes. Mm -hmm. And now after you made those changes, you, you, you got up and you did something, right? Yeah. You moved into another space and you failed at that. And then you moved into another space and right. then you failed at that. And then you moved you know, into a corporate job. And uh, I guess you were a success at that. And so you had to leave that one. And, uh, you know, you started building, but you realized it wasn't the type of success that you wanted. And That's right. and so you moved from that. And, um, and so I'm, I'm seeing and I'm present to your development in in your leadership. 
and uh, I'm I'm wondering, do you see how you how you are different as a leader today than you were, you know, many moons ago? Sure. I mean, that's that that's a loaded question. I mean, the the uh, I am 42 now. Uh, yeah. Just celebrate a few weeks ago, actually, and um, I'm very different than when I was when I was 30 and or yeah. 25 or, or even or even 20. Um, but I think the consistent guiding light has always been that uh, I've always been willing to uh, to stay open to new opportunities. Okay. Uh, and and learn to trust myself to figure out the process. Yeah. You know, and, but, and then but how did you not become jaded along the way? I mean, let's be honest. It, hmm. No one likes failure. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you pick yourself back up and go again? I I can tell you personally that um Sometimes for me, it it was just a matter of if I don't get back up, I won't eat, right? Or I've got to pay for the next for the next step, so I've got to figure out a way. But for you, as you've grown, how what do you what would you attribute your ability to get back up after each failure? Um, I think for me, it was just uh, so. Sometimes it was because I got to pay next month's bill because I, I just won't survive. Yeah. I mean, there were times I sold my body to science, you know, when they used to have those volunteers as guinea pigs. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, you know, they pay. You like, still find them in the newspaper someday. Oh, really? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> they, they, they'll uh, have, they, uh, yeah. yeah, I see them from the university and they're, and they're looking for volunteers. Uh, they pay a certain amount just to try right. an experimental drug or something like that right 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 and you know i, I thought i was being really smart about it. i i'm like i did research I'm, I'm using the uh you know i'm going to test out the good ones but i i remember a clear part where i i went to one of these screenings and i said that's it no more i declared that i do not want to have you know to for my income to come from anything related to this Right. Okay. And, and it was it was kind of interesting. And this is not so much a, a financial thing, but I think slightly esoteric. But I just made an internal declaration saying I no longer am am at this level, and I don't want to attract and manifest uh, anything that relates to me needing to do this. And so mm-hmm. I want to attract other financial opportunities to me. And then somehow magically. Um, different opportunities, you know, came, uh, came by. Uh, so I was just had to share that story, but, yeah. uh, but back to your question about how to, um, how to not become jaded, I think was your question. How to, yeah. like, what, what yeah. keeps you going? What, how, how did you avoid getting, getting jaded along the way? All right. So first of all, when I, uh, when I went to my restaurant business, not only did I borrow a lot of money from, from institutions, I also borrowed money from you know, the people that you can't really say no to after. And those are friends and family. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Like, those I, people. I, yeah. 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 I those, you're talking about those other was, people. And it, yeah. And it wasn't, it was like stacks of cash that was sitting aside. I mean, like I essentially took equity from, you know, my parents' home, you know, mm. my, my siblings home. And, and, and these are, these are large six figure debts we're talking about. This is back 20 years ago, you know? So yeah, in, in, wow. in, in, in today's numbers, it would, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. more. And, and so I really didn't have a choice 
in terms of I, I couldn't go get a job for for sixty or eighty thousand dollars a year. I had no choice because it would take me fifteen or twenty years to pay them back. So I said I have to go do something that will you know produce you know a higher return on my time and my effort so that I can square things up right. And so so that was my driving force. So I didn't really have an opportunity to to, to get you know jaded. Wow. So that's that's interesting. <laughs> you you owed so much. Okay, so I've got asked. Well, now I guess it's family. So clearly, you didn't want to just walk away from that and uh, call it a day and tuck your tail between your legs. You were like, yeah. I've got to figure out how to pay these people back. These oh, are my family. And, and and I and I felt so horrible about it. You you have no idea. You know, I mean, I yeah. I can I, I can remember a, a birthday where. My my it was, it was my sister. She's like, here, I I got you this this apple pie, and she was just like, you know, and I thought she wanted she wanted nothing to do with me, right? And it's it's my my favorite kind of dessert, right? She's like, well, I know it's your favorite. I was like, excuse me, and I went to the next room, and I I literally I, I broke down and I cried because wow. I I was just so moved by the fact that she's like, you know, your family. I'm not gonna desert you over you know over money, but it, it definitely weighed very very heavily on me. So mm -hmm. I. Did not lack the motivation. So, so hang on a second. Are you telling me you lost all this money? Yeah, from your family and yeah. and uh, they didn't rip you apart. Uh, no, uh, they they definitely mentioned like, wow, hey, Can I be a part of your family. There, <laughs> there, <laughs> there was a lot of I told you so's. Right? Yeah, and that's never easy to hear, no. right? And so I had to really build up a, a, a thicker skin in order to absorb mm -hmm. all of that, because mm. I, I had no no leg to stand on, and I, I couldn't really justify a reply because bottom line is the proof is in the pudding, and and the results were were poor results, and so I had to find a way to turn the ship around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm a little curious here. You, when most of us are young, we're we're trying to have fun, and yeah. like um, most of my clients were at the restaurant, you know, at, at three o'clock. Right. right, like I I get the, it makes sense to me wanting to travel around the world and you know enjoy yourself and all that kind of stuff, but you're you were a young guy, jumping into some pretty deep waters, and. Um, and then, of course, once you were in those deep waters and drowning, then you you jump to the to the next thing to try to pay back family and stuff like that. But um, that's a pretty young age to be uh, to jumping into those deep waters. Yeah, it was, you know. And and while a lot of my friends were were out partying, I mean, it was, uh, it, no it, dating. It was... What what about dating? Where did dating go? So w when you're working on you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights, you know, yeah. Dating kind of uh, takes a, a bit of a backseat. I was living a, a, a half of the week backwards life because I'd get to bed at like 6 a.m. because we wouldn't close till four. And by the time you're done, you know, clean uh, up. And yeah, so it was, right. but it was, it was fun times because we, we lived upstairs. It was right on Richmond Street, if you know. Where okay, the yeah. yeah. We're right on Richmond between John and, and Peter. And Oh, uh, yes. And so yes, we lived, I know it. Yeah, we lived upstairs and I worked downstairs and, um, you know, Friends would stop by before and they, you know, they, hey, we're going pre-drinking, you know, and then they'd go out and they'd party, <laughs> right? And, and I'd go work. And you'd head to work. That's right. That's right. Uh, wow. Okay. 
<laughs> that that does make sense. Um, wow. Okay. So, you know, I don't know. Let me let me ask the question with regards just with regards to the restaurant. Um, obviously, we're seeing right now a lot of restaurants going out of business. Mm -hmm. um, is is that a is that a business model that just doesn't work? Like, um, or is the only way to make that business work to be a mom and pop owner and and stay there? No, that model definitely works. You know, just uh, just just don't give it to an inexperienced twenty one year old to run. You know, <laughs> who who will run a mom and pop business like <laughs> like a public company? You know, I mean, right. I, I remember I was I was reading uh, Howard Schultz's book from Starbucks, you know, pour your heart into it. And I was like, all right, I, I'll just do this. You know, I'll just go and get a whole bunch of money and I'll just open up more and more locations. And, you know, yes. he, he really applied a uh, from my understanding, a uh, a corporate model to, you know, to a, a, a line of business that just didn't have a corporate model you know, before. Right? And so that was sort of my mentality not realizing i didn't have the proper distribution channels for it but <laughs> by the time i was like all right i'm I'm doing the same thing i'm I'm like that guy you know but you obviously liked it because then you jumped into commercial kitchens well said? so 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 this is the infinite wisdom of a 21 year old right so before having enough of, of a retail distribution having enough stores i was like because people used to walk in they love the concept and they would say hey you should franchise this right and I was like, I have it. I'm going to be the franchisor, the distributor, and the producer. So I'm going to get a big kitchen, right? So I'm going to be vertically integrated, right? You know, what I missed is that I just I didn't have enough of a distribution channel in order to justify such a large capital expense, you know? Okay, you just lost this. Can you say all of that again in English? Yeah. So basically, I went wholesale before I had enough retail. All right. Okay. I, I invested a bunch of money into a large facility, uh, it, you know, before I had enough stores to sell my products to. And, and right. unfortunately, the banks were all too kind in, in providing me, you know, the loans for this, you know, commercial equipment. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, go, going back, if there's, if there's one thing I, I would probably want to change is I would want to tell the bank, say no to me, say no to me at the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's, it's still really powerful that you took that on because, yeah. you, you know, reality is, is that, uh, who wants to take on that type of risk at that age? Um, right. that's, that, that takes a lot of, uh, hood spa that takes a lot of something to be able to, right. uh, to jump into that and, uh, and to go along the way. And so, um, and then somewhere along the way you got into family you mm -hmm. you you started dating because you you weren't dating for all those years so how did yeah. that end up becoming a thing wait uh, what did you uh you you meet uh you meet miss Wright while you were uh, doing a a deal a real estate deal not at all. I mean, uh, how we met is what I call the the Yenta network. If you know what that means, it was like no, uh, Yenta. It's just uh, Yenta is just a word for like uh, you know an, an old an old Yiddish woman, you know, who's just basically mm. very much of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, a a gossiper who knows the neighborhood, right? Yes. So it was it was just a, a family friend, you know, but it was kind of like brother-in-laws, mothers, co-workers, aunts, wife's dog, some six degrees of separation. Um, 
you know, a number was exchanged. And ironically, it was given to two dudes and it was the wrong number. And I actually took took the action of, of actually saying, hey, I, I'd like the right number. Yes. And so that led me to to where I am today. <laughs> but I mean, so when, when you say- We sorry, have a term for that. We have a term for that in yeah. my culture. Yes. yes. Uh, it's called an arranged marriage. Arranged marriage. Yeah, yeah, arranged. yeah. Oh, no, no. Far, I'll find far. a nice girl for you. Yes, yes. No problem. Yes. No problem. Yeah. So the uh, the information translated was was so poor. I mean, I, I was like, so so tell me a little about this girl. She was like, I think she's into IT. I was like, okay. okay. And then I I met my who is my wife today. I said I said I was told you're in IT, and she's like, not even close, right? So 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 these arranged you know meetings are just you know they're just like random. Hey, you're single and you have a pulse. Let's see if it'll stick, right? But the you know, I've never allowed anyone to set me up prior mm -hmm. to this stage of my life. And it was just, uh, it was an intentional choice. So how I went from focusing on work to actually wanting to settle down and have a family uh, mm -hmm. was just being intentional. And so, whereas before I was like, nah, I'll just find my own girl. I, I don't need any help. I don't really want to meet anybody. Uh, I went to, sure, you want to set me up? Let's, you know, let's, uh, let's have a conversation just see where it goes right so i just became mm -hmm. you know, more open right but i was also yeah. intentional about it i mean i am uh I, i'm sure i come across as someone that's outgoing and talkative and so on but wasn't always the case wasn't always like that i mean right. i had to you know chisel my being in order to be more uh open and so i i even mm -hmm. and i know i'm digressing here but man i i also spent time <laughs> on learning how to meet women right and i think today it's a lot like i'm it's a lost art from what i see in the younger generation like i i see these these younger kids they're afraid to talk to each other you know yep. they're, just, they're just sitting behind like their, their devices and you know and the basic communication skills i mean you know how it was back in the day yeah that's right yeah <laughs> you know you, you want to go meet someone you got to get out there you know and yeah and you got to deal with you know rejection sometimes and you got to deal with things working and not working and you know and learning how to navigate but well that's why i'm so fascinated by what you're saying and what you're sharing here because you, you know i think the the viewers really appreciate this it, because for me it was you you have a conversation you, you got to have a conversation with the woman and you may right. like her you may not like her and you know on you go and uh i would say that there's even a lost art to yeah. to having a conversation with sure. someone and and uh and so what a lot of people i think a lot of men are doing now is they're pushing it further and further back almost like that's not something for me to worry about right now um but then it i think it gets a little funny after a while you haven't done it for so long mm -hmm. but then you aren't really sure how to Right. talk to someone anymore is i think what i'm what i'm seeing from uh definitely a lot of men that are that have held off on it right and, and i also think there's a lot of um you know i i think because of technology and the yeah. fact that you're not the men are yes. not forced into the situation 
they yeah. essentially can hide behind the screen. And yeah. and I always, it, it's funny, I, I always equate when people talk about online dating, for instance, right? Which, yeah. you know, no, no knock on it, right? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's, it's done wonders for many people. I like, even like what you're talking about, like Tinder and stuff like that. Yeah. Which man, when I was growing up, there was no, there was no Tinder. There wasn't any of this stuff. I think we yeah. had like, uh, I think there was plenty of fish, I think was, is what the website was called back in the day. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 And, um, so anyhow, uh, you know, the way Kuwait is, if you go to a bar and there's, let's say, 100 women and 100 men, and and let's say you take the the 10 des most desirable people that you would want to approach in that bar, well, you know, you may have the courage to, you know, approach maybe a couple of them uh, or the time per se, and, uh, and, and maybe, you know, a handful of people would approach, you know, those, those women, for instance. But when yeah. you're online... All hundred men would be approaching every single one of those women, right? And so it it, 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 it creates this, this dynamic that is is so uh, unrealistic to how things would work out in in a real world situation, right? And oh my goodness, yeah, I I have to I have to share this story with you. I don't know if I've ever told you this one, Mike. So you know, back in the day, uh, everyone would look for you know how to get the right line. You, ah. you know, uh, were, were you ever into that scene? You gotta, you gotta come up with a line and and to oh, pick yeah. up a girl, right? Oh yeah. So, and I remember being terrible with lines; like I could never right. de deliver them properly. Right. And right. so I was like, I've got to figure out a way to not have to use a line. Mm. And um, and uh, and what was that way? And so what I worked out. This was my genius back then. Right. <laughs> Because back then we still had went to to clubs. That's right. No, nobody does that anymore. anymore. But, right. <laughs> but um, we would. I would literally do this thing of going to the bar, and w you sparked something there where you were talking about, you know, a uh, uh, hundred men going after the one woman. Well, I would go over to the bar, order a drink, and go be right beside the girl that I wanted to talk to. And inevitably one of those hundred men would come over and he would use some line right on, on the girl. And then, um, great timing. And, yeah. It, it, it was just always great timing. And then I'd make fun of him and, uh, I'd, right. I'd go, right. wow, that was, that was a terrible line. And, uh, right. and then she'd go, yeah. I was like, is that the worst you've ever heard? And then she would start talking. And right. then I was like, okay, great. I've gotten through having to, because what do you, you say? You have to use the, after line, the right? line, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we would use like a, a tag team situation where somebody <laughs> would, be, would be the jerk, you know, with a horrible line. And then, you know, like the good cop, bad cop. Good uh, cop, bad, you got it. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that and and, you know, and the next guy comes in and just and just says, you know, I'm sorry for my friend here. You know, he's just checked out. I'm his chaperone. You know, we're keeping his medication at a reasonable dosage. You know, so, something to that effect. That'll <laughs> you, be. Uh, you did the the Tom Cruise. Did you ever yeah. do the Tom Cruise? W which one's the Tom Cruise? Oh my goodness! When he from uh, Top Gun. From Top Gun, when yeah. him and Moose. Yeah, yeah. Hey, grabs the microphone and starts singing. Right. Right. Did you ever, have you ever started singing to uh, to a girl? Uh, I I've never gotten quite that ballsy, but that <laughs> that would be something. That would be something. No, no, yeah. Uh, for for us, it was, you know, you're talking, and then because you're in a club, 
a song comes on and then you could go dance with uh with the girl and so that would kind of save you you didn't have to uh figure out everything to say yeah that's right right yeah because right. you know at, Wait, I, I at had some the point yeah yeah no, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for my child was actually the reverse. I was quite good at, at the openers, you know, yeah. whether they were, you know, normal, not normal, made up, not made up. It was more after that. I was like, so what do I say next? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember this one night distinctly. I, I would just said, okay, tonight I'm working on openers. I'm just opening and I'm, le you know, and I literally had situations where I would just, you know, open and then have a couple of, you know, have a couple of sentences back and forth. And I'd be yeah. like, all right, I got to go. And then yeah. they, they kind of look at me like, like, dude, what's up, man? We just got here. Like, like, talk to us, right? And and I just didn't know what to say, so I just kept going because my mission that night was just openers, right? <laughs> uh, was, again, the, the 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 limited wisdom of of who I was at the time. Yeah. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And and you know they always you always like to say, um, man, if I knew now what I, what I know now back then, back then, right? You, you know. I've realized that if I knew back then what I know now, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I'd be dead. I would have died, right? Like right. Th this, you are not supposed to have this level of knowledge back then, right? You're, right. you're, you need to fail a whole bunch of times to be able to learn. Even something I think, even as something as simple as dating, mm -hmm. there is, you know, we're, we're talking about leadership to wealth. We're talking about these different areas, even in that area, there is something to the art of failing and right. right and learning along the way that there is power in just listening to the other person right we're we're so busy in trying to when we're younger to oh i've got to have all the perfect stuff to say to the woman that you don't realize till later on you just need to shut up let her actually tell you something and share about her because every other dude is going to try to be telling her everything that's amazing about him. Um, so <laughs> let, let me ask you this question then mm -hmm. is um, now being married and a father, how, how does that affect you as a businessman? How does being a married father affect me as a businessman? Yeah. Hmm. Well, for one, my decisions and my scope of view is of a longer term nature than shorter term. Uh, mm. I think more of how it impacts my family, first of all, uh, the choices I make um, and and how, you know, how that would impact, you know, the lifestyle, that's one. Um, you know, whether it would cause undue stress or whatnot on myself, whether it would take my attention away from where it's needed. Um, that's one. And then two, uh, when I'm making choices, I ask myself, would my boys be proud of me? You know, would, would they look at their dad and go, Hey, you know, this is a good choice. And so, uh, that barometer kind of keeps me in a, I guess in a, in a space where uh, I need to be accountable to myself uh, and mm -hmm. accountable to, to the family in a way, not that I share every decision I make or every thought that goes through my head, but that's sort of the call it um, the, the temperature checker that I check with is, is how it would impact the family. Right. 
Um, also, I think as a, as a businessman and having a family, you're definitely um, uh, more uh, more risk averse as opposed to risk low. I mean, the, the risk I would take when I was single is very different than a risk I would take, you know, with the family um, in terms of the, uh, in a business sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I would, I would probably agree with that in the sense of you're more measured. You, you yeah, think, that's you think about a decision twice. That's right. That's right. Now, I think in many ways we would consider that to be a wise thing to do, but do you ever see that hesitance as a um, having a diminishing return? You see it as a detriment rather than beneficial because, and I ask that because we see so many young guys that without that, without that hesitation, being able to jump into and making a fortune very quickly, sure, being able to make sure. decisions that, you know, Hey, I don't need to worry about all of these things. And as a result, there's a huge payoff. Right. And it's interesting you bring up this point because part of the reason I jumped into the deep end when I was, when I was younger is that thought process is that I can afford to take the risk now that, you know, I have mm -hmm. the, the time ahead of me, um, you know, versus now there's there's obviously more obligations and and is that a detriment sure you know if if i'm if i'm in a situation toe to toe and i need to play chicken with a 20 year old well the 20 year old is going to beat me right because mm. i frankly have more to lose than him right that's right. that's a fact to me that seems like a, a fact of life and and i don't think that that's uh you know you you can call that a detriment uh or it can be a realigning of priorities right mm. I mean, it's it's not my number one priority to become a bazillionaire anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and that that's and that may not appeal to everybody listening in because we give such high um, uh, validation to you know to someone who's who's made a fortune, right? And and I, I think mm -hmm. the what's necessary today, especially, is, is a realigning of our of our values. And that mm -hmm. your financial success uh, should be part of holistic, uh, holistic life approach to who you are and how you are being in the rest of your your life. You know, whether it's your health, whether it's your family, uh, and so on. So, is that possible for for someone to be starting out and to be approaching their life holistically? Is that even possible? I, I feel like. I feel like we've we've had to fail and realize we've messed up at things to realize that we needed balance. I don't know. Well, well look that that's like that's like asking if yeah if failure is a must in order to attain success. And I think to yeah. some degree, I think to some degree you're you're right. There, yeah. there is some failure required. I mean, yeah. Think of how our physiology works, right? Like if you want to get your muscle stronger, you need to have muscle failure. You know, you, you got to tear yeah. the muscle, and, and the body's got to regenerate it, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so in the same way. Definitely, failure is a necessary ingredient to success, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's just not a, it's not a cliche like the Michael Jordan commercial, you know. I've, you know, I failed and failed over and over again, and that's why I succeed. I don't know if you feel yeah. Like yeah. So that's, that's not a cliche. That's actually true, and it's, you know, true in our physiology. So I agree with you. Um, and at the same time, I think that if you 
have a, a um, healthy enough approach or if you structure yourself and your life in a manner that uh, where you're cognizant or conscious or, or you've had other role models to look at that exhibited a more balanced approach, I think that would have an impact on how a young person would choose to spend their time and how they would choose to handle success or failure. Okay, well, I got a question off of that. If I can go down this road, friends, where where do your relationships? I'm I'm going to go beyond other than your your wife. Where what do you what have you learned when it comes to relationships and how they help you navigate life or impede you? Is there sure. something that you've learned in 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 that way? Oh, lots of things. I mean, yeah. one of the things I've learned is that the distinction between friends and acquaintances. Okay. Tell okay. Us. So, sure. So, so a friend is someone who doesn't give a damn about, you know, what you do or your status. They just, they just like you for you and they're there for you, you know, in good times and in bad, that's a friend. Yeah. An acquaintance is someone who, you want to impress and who wants to be impressed by you and, and so on. Uh, mm -hmm. And I remember learning that quite early and it was after my, my uh, experience of a failure, I basically said, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, and, but let me, but I got to get a job and make a little bit of money somewhere. And for a little bit of time, I went to get a job as a waiter. And okay. I, I thought, but that's, you know, and at the time I was like 25, 26. Uh, or maybe I was older. I don't remember quite the age, but I, I was embarrassed, I, I could, you know, because I was Mr. Businessman, you know, and then and, and people that would go, you know, my, you know, my peers in my age, they saw me as like, wow, you know, you have a lineup out the door on the weekends and you're like our age and we're partying and you're making all this money and, you know, that's who you are. Right. And, and then also yeah. I was like, I'm going to go work in a restaurant. Okay. So what I did is I got a job at a, uh, at a kosher restaurant because I figured okay. nobody I know would go there, you know, because I'm not in the religious community. Right. So I figured nobody will see me there. Right. And, and I remember this distinctly one day, one of my old customers walks in and he says, uh, Hey Mike, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I work here. And he says, Oh, you mean like you're the manager? And I said, no, no, I'm a waiter. And he goes, Oh, you mean like you manage the waiters? No, no, I'm like, I'm a waiter, you know, like I bring your food and drinks and stuff, right? And and he was like, Oh, okay. And and it was because it was it was a shock to him to see me doing that. But right. it, it, it was such a a rude awakening for me in that I realized, you know what? Every single friend and anyone that is close to me knew where I was working and knew what I was doing and, and knew my situation and had no issue with it, right? Mm. It, it was these kind of fringe acquaintances or people that you just kind of see every so often that you know, mm -hmm. that I, I would want to impress or look good in front of, right? Yeah. That I realized, you know what? That doesn't really matter, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't so if that answers your question about, you know, how friends have guided me, and I've just been able to distinguish, you know, what's a real friend and and someone who's just an acquaintance, you know? And, and I stuck yeah. to um, what I value most in life, which is deeper, more meaningful relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Well, something that I think it just pointed out for me was I've recognized that there are times where relationships, friends, mm -hmm. uh, can be 
too much of friends in the mm -hmm. sense of they know you in that mm -hmm. way right and and it allows us to be comfortable and then there's uh, like something that i just heard when you mentioned about um this gentleman that saw you there he automatically was like oh well this is who you are and this is who you are for him and so he mm -hmm. just automatically thought of you that you would be at that level and i sure. i don't sure. know if he looked down on you or not for being a waiter no but, no idea I, yeah. I, was just, I was looking down on myself let's put it that way right right yeah, yeah. um but there there's something there to be said that um he just he was just like this is who i know you as i know right. you as this guy that right performs at this level and right. and is that necessarily a bad thing no not at all not not yeah. at all yeah because i i've recognized being in business one of the things that i have to surround myself with is people who view me in that way have expectations for me in that way and um because that literally can call from me something greater right and, and that's because that's we all know who we're looking right. at in the mirror right right with with all with all our our wonderful traits and all our follies and, and that that's a great point and i think that's something uh that's more than just a, a friend it, it becomes in, in business someone that's uh, also a colleague and that can mm. like you said bring out those qualities in you by by having a higher listening or a greater listening of you than maybe you mm. hear or see for yourself mm. that's that's interesting can you say more about that have they have a greater listening of you yeah sure so sometimes we may see ourselves at a certain level and someone else just may see us at a much higher level than we even know ourselves to be meaning yeah. we may appear uh to ourselves as say average and to someone else we may appear as a total giant and yeah. and and living in that listening of a giant is when you can actually grow into becoming that giant that's right yeah yeah Ab absolutely and i would say that um you know growing up and the things that i've been through there are so many times where i someone has shared something and i've thought I don't know if I even want that or not, but I'd rather be that person that that they're that they see me as because right. it's perhaps not where I saw myself along the way. Speaking, you know, especially right. when I was younger, I was always trying to be older because you know right. when you're older, you're wiser, you're smarter, That's you right. make better That's decisions, right. all right. of that kind of stuff. Right. Meanwhile, right. Um, you know what I was what i was really fighting against was this low opinion of myself i think yeah and i think everybody struggles with that and it's it's sort of like that that little voice that you have in your head that mm -hmm. uh, that is part of your subconscious that is part of your uh what i call the software that that gets written uh you know early on in our life and then yeah uh, and then unfortunately gets reinforced because that software is being run constantly. So it becomes like a, like a negative feedback loop almost. Right. Mm, and, yeah. and, it, and it takes real conscious effort to undo that software and, and to become conscious of what some of those, uh, you know, habitual thoughts, you know, that come. I, I'm going to go somewhere just out of left field 
because because you just got me it just made me think of something especially with the legalization of marijuana now where mm -hmm. where does that come into come into life and um business because i i guess i'm asking because if we're talking about how you've come up along the way and you know you've learned different things along the way and i'm looking at the culture now is a lot more about having fun and uh relaxation rather than um rather than perhaps even trying to achieve all of these things that we may even be talking about i i don't know and now and now we've legalized marijuana i don't know is that a good thing or a bad thing uh well wow that's that's a loaded question i mean yeah uh what i hear mostly in in that question and how marijuana relates to it or not i mean yeah uh you know our, our culture has always been very uh accepting of of alcohol for instance as a as a relaxant and yeah. you know you watch movies and someone's always having a drink right and yeah and, and, it, and it's how you celebrate and so on and that's you know, and, and as we know, it's also had very negative effects on, you know, on, on people's lives. Yeah. But I think the main question, what I heard you say there is that today's today's society, we value a lot of, you know, pursue your your happiness and your bliss and your relaxation. Right. And yeah, and, like and I hear people talking about, I mean, we used to talk about drinking, but people talk about marijuana. They talk about mushrooms. They talk about uh, this. It seems like uh, there's a lot more emphasis on this. I I don't know experimentation with. I, I know. Yeah, so I, I can't comment too much on the uh, on on the mushrooms aspect of things. I mean, mm. I have dabbled in it in, in my younger days, and yeah. um, can't really say it. Uh, I, I took a I took a liking I, to it. I only I only know two types of mushrooms to be honest with you. I know the the white ones and uh, cream uh, portobello mushrooms. I mean, uh, wow. so. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. But, uh, but on the cannabis side of things, uh, it's interesting you bring that up because yeah. I, I think the uh, the impression is that a pot smoker is somebody who basically, you know, sits there and eats potato chips and, and wants to watch movies, right? Uh, and uh, that that's right, that's right. Uh, whereas, and again, it depends on the strain, but, you know, I, I actually smoke marijuana and I'm glad it's legal now that I can openly say it. Uh, right. Man, I get up and like I want to clean up and, and write down ideas because the, the spidey senses are tingling and all of a sudden right. this right part of my brain is, is expanding and you know and I want to do stuff and I want to go exercise and you know and I actually do those things right so yeah. uh, it, it has I think a, a very different effect depending on the strain and I think what's mm. great about that today specifically is that there is more of a, a pharmaceutical um, angle to it i mean it's still not yeah. pharmaceutical grade if, if you ask me but they're they're definitely yeah. learning more and more about that and, and we're going to see in the next you know 10 15 20 years where they begin to do studies and, and its impacts on people mm -hmm. um there will be some positive things and some not so positive things but i mean the right. the little bit that i know about is first of all is that the um our uh the the marijuana plant has cannabinoids in it right and so as i understand it our body has uh, endocannabinoid receptors, or something like that. I mean, I don't want to sound mm. too, um, you know, too clinical here because I, I'm sounding good to me because I don't know any of these. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But, but the gist of it, I think, is that we have receptors in our bodies that are designed 
to receive some of these signals that come from this plant, you know, and, and that, you know, and so that to me sounds kind of interesting. And I think we don't know enough about it yet. Mm. Um, but as it comes to recreation, I think, and, and people focusing on that, I mean, that's, that's just like a, a much deeper question that yeah. has to do with, you know, what are you striving for? Are, are you striving to, you know, they show all these, you know, these, these videos of people like, you know, look at me, I'm sitting on a beach and I'm working on my laptop, you know, and, mm. and this is cool and stuff. Right. And so is, is the point of life to, uh, you know, to be in a constant vacation? I mm. mean, sure. If that's what you want to do, I, I, I promise you that uh, you're probably going to get bored after a couple of weeks or a month or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget my honeymoon. My wife was like, I want to go for a month. And I'm like, why? She's like, cause I've never been away for a month. I'm like, okay, honey. You know? And I remember after like two, three weeks, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to get back home and do something useful. You know? Yeah. Cause there's only so much beach and tours and, you know, and, and things like that, that you can, you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. I think, um, something having worked for the government uh, before one of the things i realized and learned was that is that uh, a lot of people especially men die within 5 years of retiring and so I've if heard that, you yeah. yeah so if you don't have something to retire to that you, you know if you wait until retirement to uh, enjoy your life you're in trouble and so uh, there's something to um, when I left the government, I thought, what is something that I can do for for the rest of my life that inspires me, that I enjoy, that I can grow with even as my body gets uh, wears down. Right. And what can yeah. you do? And so uh, I thought that, that was that was something important because, you know, otherwise, where do you go? Right. When when you retire, I hopefully right. uh, hopefully. Uh, you know, I don't have to retire. That that's right. the way I look at it. I don't know. Is that crazy? Not at all. And I always say, may you always be, have the energy to work, and may you always have the desire to want to work and create. Mm. You know, yeah. and, uh, and 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 to you know, uh, be part of the ocean, so to speak. Yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, what we're doing right now to me is is just another avenue where we get to express some of our creative side. You, we get to pass on knowledge. You get, there's an opportunity. Some people might call this work, right? As opposed to it, it's an opportunity to still work and to give back and, and uh, keep the Absolutely. mind going and, and learning. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so talking about that, talking about retirement, talking about what you can keep doing until you uh, until the day you die. We're we're going really far down the road for even you and I. But let me just pull it back, pull it back to how do you even how do you even figure out that path that you want to go down? How do you start off with it? I mean, just trying to even choose what university courses you want to do mm -hmm. or what program you want to do even that seems daunting at that age and who's kidding who you took your osap money and and hopped on some flights like right how do you yeah. even figure that out right uh that's a great question and and i don't think there's a, a clear-cut answer uh, yeah. i think uh the way to do it first of all is to ask lots of questions 
to be in the conversation. And, and what I mean by that is speak to folks that have walked some of the paths that you are considering, you know, and just ask them the real hard questions. And other than what do you do every day? I used to ask them point blank. Are you happy? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Mm, you find yeah. meaning and fulfillment in what you're doing. Right. right. And, and, and if I saw their eyes kind of glaze over and, you know, if I got kind of half truths, I, I would I, I would sniff it out. Right. I think most people have no idea what happiness even means. I think too many people waste their time trying to uh, trying to even figure out what, uh, you know, how right. I, I want to be happy. I think it's right. OK. If, if I was to rant and I'm, I don't want to rant, perhaps you can comment on this. But I think sometimes we preoccupy ourselves with trying to be right. happy. Right, right, and and I and I think the path instead of being happy, I think it's it's more of how to be fulfilled and and how to find yeah. you know meaning in what we do. Yeah, uh, I think it was in uh, I forget which book and which author said this, but it was something about looking when you can look at at, at your at your cause or what you, you're doing as a noble one to yourself, that is how this author defines success. And I thought that was mm -hmm. kind of interesting um, mm -hmm. because a lot of times we are chasing things like, like happiness or, or mm -hmm. certain types of success or status only because we think that's the game that should be played. And it's not necessarily, yeah. it's not necessarily the game that we, we want to be playing. There, there's a company who has an ad out right now, and I'm not going to talk about who they are, but they, um, they, they literally say, um, find your happy place is their, um, is their mm -hmm. slogan that they're going with right now. And, um, and I would much rather be inspired than happy. Right. And, and because if I'm inspired, I am happy. Um, because I've found that there are times when things can be going wrong. I don't know what, you know, how are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? How is, how is it all going to come together? Which can create a lot of stress and angst. But I'm in a happy spot. Because something is calling for more from me than I would have demanded of myself normally. And... That is such right. a beautiful space to be in with all of that, that I right. think instead we're, we're peddling this uh, society as a whole can can really peddle this idea of of happiness on the beach with a drink and, you know, right. carefree and yeah. footloose and fancy. Yeah, free. it's it's chasing something, uh, something elusive. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, the Bible kind of calls it uh, a chasing after the wind, but uh, okay. Well, right. And anything right. else that you you wanted you want to say about that in terms of choosing a life path? Um. Hmm. Because I don't think no, I, I, I've got a I've got a load of failure, and that's how I chose my life path. Is I've continually continually tried things and messed up along the way and that's that's how i get closer and closer to things i love doing but uh right. you know i'm sure there's probably a more scientific way to do it 
I don't know if there is because it, <laughs> because I, I think it would apply differently to different people. I mean, some yeah. people prefer structures and, and like structures and others just like a, a blank canvas and then throw some paint on. Uh, uh, I, I think... I think it's a process, firstly, of beginning to trust yourself. Yeah, and uh, it's a process of beginning to to ask uh, to ask ourselves the that truly hard questions, and then listen to the answers and and learning to listen to the answers. Wow, that that is that is the art form that is required, and that is a lifelong journey. I am learning every single day. Wow. You know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Yosher, I, I think that that is a great place for us to uh, uh, to to stop this um, these shenanigans. Um, okay, that that really is uh, that really is powerful, and um, I, I do think that we need to be able to even give that space to allow things to fail allow us to listen and be able to choose from there rather right. than just kind of always going back and forth, uh, you know, like a boat on, on the water uh, getting tossed around. We, we actually get to hear what's going on on the inside and because uh, life can be filled with so much noise. Right. So, right. Uh, well, that, that's, that's what I hear. That's well, what I hear. <laughs> you, well, you, you heard me well. Thank you very much, uh, Michael, for coming on. Uh, let, let me ask, if if people are interested in engaging with you more, um, how can they how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Just go on to my website, michaelyosher.ca. My number should be there, an email. And if they have questions about finances or life or death or anything that's in between, I'm, I'm happy to chat and listen. Love it. Love it. Well, thank thanks for you having me. Much. I really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed yeah. this. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Leadership Nation, thank you guys so much. It's been a great time and I uh, hope you guys uh, got a lot from it. Feel free to uh, give us some feedback and let us know if uh, if we need to have Mr. Michael Yosher back on the show. Um, and uh, that's it for this week.